Welcome to Holding the Fort Abroad, the podcast for expats with traveling partners. My name is Rhoda Bangater. I'm a certified coach and the author of the book Holding the Fort Abroad. In this podcast, I interview men and women who live abroad and have traveling partners so that we can all benefit from their wisdom and experience. I also invite relationship experts to apply their expertise to this topic. Today, my guest is Helen Ellis. Helen is not an expat. She's the mother of expats, a long-distance grandparent, and the author of a series of books on distance relationships between grandparents, distant sons and daughters, and distance grandchildren. One of Helen's children was an expat with a traveling partner, and so we will be having a conversation around being a distance grandparent when your expat child is solo parenting. Helen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rhoda. It's great to be here. We've talked about this for a while, and I feel really honored to be in your fabulous space. So thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for, for being here and for having this conversation with me. You are a distance grandparent, as I said, not a distant, but a distance <laughs> <laughs> grandparent. Uh, you write and research about being a distance grandparent. Tell us a bit about your experience as a distance grandparent and your series of books. It's my second marriage. I remarried over 30 years ago. And um, when I got married uh, the second time, I had um, a three and a four-year-old, my own children, and my husband, who's older than me, had a 19 and 20-year-old. So we started out with this really odd package and his children took off and to see the world in early days and then they had children. So I found myself a step-grandmother when I was about 40 while I was still bringing up teenagers. And, you know, so we ended up with grandchildren on the other side of the world and these, this whole traveling to see them started to become part of us and our identity. And then my kids grew up and they went overseas so we're visiting them as well so this whole thing became part of my world at the same time having run businesses and done all sorts of other things in my life I decided to take myself off to university as a mature student and I did a BA and then one of the last courses was a paper that taught us about how to do a research proposal and the professor said okay Helen if you were going to do your master's which I definitely didn't want to do what would you do it on? And the only thing I could really think about that I, I found I had a really good knowledge of was distance grandparenting. Well, she was a distance grandparent. She thought it was a great idea. Long story short, I then spent another year doing my master's. And my thesis was about being a New Zealand distance grandparent. And that led to then deciding a book needed to be written because there was really not much out there. And I felt that there were so many wonderful parents and members of distance families who deserve some help of some sort, you know, because there, there was no manual. You don't get taught about how to do this. So the idea of one book ended up becoming three books because I realized that there was real advantages in explaining how it is for each generation. You know, I know how it is for me, but I don't know how it, how it is so much for my grandchildren or how is it for my daughters and, and sons. So that's how the three book series came around because I thought, well, if we can all understand how it is for the other, then that creates empathy and empathy is good with distance families. So, so far, I've written 
being a distance grandparent, which means the parent as well, like your parents. And it's a book for all generations. So I'm encouraging everybody to read it because you gain so much, hopefully, about how it is for your folks. And right now I'm kind of on the home straight, little way away from delivering being a distance son or daughter. And that's probably most of the listeners. There I acknowledge everything that you go through and you have to cope with and you know, add some ideas about how to improve it, relationships with your parents. And I'm hoping that the parents are going to read the book as well so that they understand how it is better for you. So I'm just trying to connect a few more dots between the, the generations. And then I will go on to then do one about the grandkids. That's, That's great. I mean, I had the great <laughs> privilege of being able to read um, the second one as a beta version, but also as a beta reader, but also the first one when it came out. And did I read it as a beta version? You kind of so yes. <laughs> and um what I what I wrote to you after reading it was that it's the kind of information that you don't get around the kitchen table when you're mm-hmm. visiting your family. You know, mm-hmm. you're living it every day, but you don't actually end up talking about it much or actually saying what you want to, to say to, you know, the other generation. Uh, whichever way around you, you, whichever position you're in, in those, in mm. that generation. So I'm excited. I'm really, uh, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly, um, useful for, for each generation to be able to understand each other. Now, you've been a distance grandparent to an adult child who had a partner who was away a lot for work. How did you experience it from your perspective, sort of seeing your child living that? Did did you know when that partner was away? Did you notice anything different? Yes. Well, let me give you some context because I think that's probably quite helpful. Um, so I'm in New Zealand and um, it was my own daughter. And uh, this was happening when she was living in Bangkok in a, in a very typical expat situation and also living in Atlanta in America in a very much neighbourhood, you know, permanent kind of picket fence sort of situation. The other important aspect to be aware of is that it was a strained marriage Mm. and has since there's been a divorce and now my daughter co-parents. So that's another version of solo parenting as well. Um, But I guess I need to say that from the outset, you know, it was strained. So we sort of had double trouble, you might say. (laughs) And it coordinated with the the, the job that he had, our son-in-law had that took him a lot of, had a lot of travel coordinated with our daughter finding she was pregnant for the first time. So um, so it was all the babies in the pregnancies and all that very challenging time. Because it was a strange situation, it was just tricky anyway. But we learned to make ourselves available just whenever she needed to chat. You know, we, there was a rhythm, you know, you get to know the time zone. So, you know, we had regular calls, but there'd be lots of just random calls as well. So we would do our very best to be there for her and put aside whatever we might be doing. We would time visits so that, you know, we were there when maybe he was away or there was a crossover. You know, we'd arrive halfway through one of his trips and then he'd arrive home in the middle of it. Um, Sometimes in our communications, my daughter would pour her heart out to us and say how miserable she was and all that sort of thing. But we found we really needed to be careful there. You know, your marriage is, is or your partnership is a, a sacred thing and and it wasn't our job to interfere but there were times when she needed to pour a heart out and we needed to obviously 
do the best job that we could. Mm. There was a time when they had just moved to Atlanta when she was uh, pregnant with the second and had a toddler in tow. They were moving to this brand new city and uh, they just bought a house, um, you know, through a quick visit. And she was literally landing in the city, eight months pregnant with a toddler and her husband was taking off for two weeks from this overseas and not that was common not uncommon no, unfortunately no, it's yes. not it's mm. not but from my perspective at where I was sitting at that moment our neighbor you know right next door to me her daughter had just delivered at eight months so I just then sort of spoke up and said look I really don't feel happy about this what say I get in a plane and come over earlier than was actually planned. We were coming to be there to babysit the toddler and all that kind of thing. Big scurry, 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 and I got myself on a plane. So I guess from the parents' perspective, you know, we need to be incredibly flexible. We need to be really understanding. And it absolutely took a strain on me, personally, physically, emotionally, all this. But I think I had double trouble. So I think that there was the marriage there as well. I think if it was just the traveling spouse, probably it wouldn't have been quite so bad. I could have been really sympathetic, but we did have the whole marriage thing. And so of course, now we've got the co-parenting, you know, that's a whole different deal again, because she's got the children 50% of the time. So 50% of the time, we're not in a position to say hi to the boys. Um, but the advantage to that, and this is an advantage that I see with the solo parenting situation that we're looking at here, is that as parents or as the grandparents, I get to have more one-on-one time with my daughter because 50% of the time now she doesn't have the children. So you've got to look at the pluses, you know. Um, yeah. But to answer your question, it was a very strained time yeah. and it wasn't much fun. Yeah, I, I suppose we. You, this is a double conversation, I suppose. It's yeah. like, how can a distance parent, grand, slash grandparent, help when there's a strains in the marriage, when you're mm-hmm. far away, and also when the partner's away a lot? Did you notice any specific challenges that you could detect that occurred, you know, because of the traveling? It's hard to disassociate what was due to travel, what wasn't due to travel. But was there anything specific that you can think of? I guess there's always that question of how important is this trip? You know, Mm. is it really that important? What are you achieving by going in the plane? What and especially now that we've been through, you know, going through coming out the end of hopefully COVID, where we've all learned to do things, so many more things virtual. That didn't exist at that time. It was yeah. everybody yeah. in a plane. And I think that if there's one thing that COVID has taught us, which has helped, what I must help, is that there is a whole different conversation about whether that travel is essential. Yes. Um, and our situation, it felt like he was doing his best to spend that travel budget. You know, when you go, is it really necessary? That's very no. interesting. So from a distance yeah. parent perspective, sometimes not always understanding why that the partner's gone. Yes. yes. Or why they can't come back, <laughs> you know, when when needed. Yes, yes. yes I, I, I think that's an important question and maybe there's communication there. What In what ways can a distance grandparent or parent, I should say, help their adult child when they're not the traveling partner? Well, I think it's really good for me to acknowledge from my research that parents and parents-in-law are so incredibly different. I can't get over 
how, you know, I'll speak to one distance daughter or distant son, as I call them, the middle generation. And they go on about their parents are fantastic and this and that. And then the next person I talk to, oh, my God, don't talk to me about my parents, you know. So we're dealing with a generation of people that your perception or how it is for you is so different. So it is quite hard to sort of categorize it. Everybody's parents are so different. But if I was sitting down, if I was sitting in an arrival departure lounge and I met a couple of distance grandparents sitting next to me, what would I say to them? I would say things like understand that the communication with your uh, son or daughter when their partner is in town is completely different from when they're alone. That is so important. Can you expand on that? Oh, it's like there's a switch. Okay. It's alone time. So depending on the personality of their child, for example, my daughter, you know, it would be very laid back and, and, you know, the dishes might not be done and and that's the way it is. And to me, it it became like a switch. Right. As soon as we would come online, even if I wasn't sure whether my son-in-law was traveling at that time, I would know by the atmosphere that he was home. Okay. (laughs) So I think that it is really good to know that you've got two different types of of communication. Right. So I suppose what you're saying is that it's useful for the distance parent to observe their mm-hmm. communication mm-hmm. with their distance child who's the one potentially who's not traveling and mm-hmm. see huh how are they different how are they communicating differently how what can i tell from their demeanor or their mm-hmm. expression how how things are when their partner's home when they're not are they more stressed less stressed are they have they got more challenges less challenges and maybe asking them questions about saying you know hey you know uh, what it, what is it like when they're gone what is it like when they're home that's a really really good point thank you for pointing that out so other things is that they can They can ask, you know, how can we support you most when Peter, Sue, Mary is away? And keep asking that question as needs change. And what might be the reply at one stage could easily change a few years down the track. So it's a question you always ask, how can I support you most when so-and-so is away? A biggie, of course, is never pour guilt on your child for anything. It is so unhelpful. And the line, well, it was your choice to move abroad is definitely. <laughs> okay, thank you. Get rid of it. Why though? Why though? Why? Because it's just unhelpful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just... It's just unhelpful. Yeah, because this is a conversation we have in the expat world is like that people sometimes say that to us when we complain, when we're kind of saying this is really Mm -hmm. difficult and people say, Mm -hmm. you know, well, it was your choice. But I think we also say to each other, well, we're, you know, A, sometimes we don't know what we've signed up for and B, we can still find it hard, even if it was our choice. Hmm. Anyway, that's (laughs) good reminder for distance parents. Uh, Oh, (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm talking to the distance parents is the fact that it's not helpful. It's not going to add to the day. Even if we all have to learn to hold back from saying what Mm -hmm. might be just on the tip of our tongue. I would also add things like don't expect, if as from the parents, grandparents' perspective, don't expect perfection, you know, through the, the camera, you know, if the lounge is messy with toys, ignore it, you know, 
if you like to see a house that's all nice and tidy and all that, it's just too hard. So we have to lower our expectations of whatever is delivered to us. And I don't mean that in a critical way. I just yeah. mean just yeah. hang loose, you know. <laughs> Uh, we need to allow our child, our adult child, to download if that's what needs to be done that day. Sometimes my daughter would get on the phone, do, 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 rattle, 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 and then she'd realise she hadn't asked anything about us. And just before she, the, the call was finished, just, oh, oh, how are you, mum and dad? You know, <laughs> we, we just have to yeah. allow her to download. So depending on the personality, that's sometimes what it is. During my couple of years of being a solo mother, my secret to surviving was routine. You know, we have routine. I, I remember when my five-year-old said to me, mum, it's 5.05, <laughs> it's dinner time. <laughs> so for me, for the kids, routine was really important. You know, it made up for an awful lot of things that I couldn't manage to do. And simple fare, yeah. simple food, nutritious. But I learned that I didn't need 10 ingredients for a meal. I just needed simple fare. And they have all grown, they've grown up to be kids who will eat anything. So there was no problem there. Another thing I would say to a distance parent or distance grandparent, if I was sitting next to them in a departure lounge, is I would say, understand that their adult child's child free time is incredibly precious to them when their partner is away. So just because I might know that the kids are in bed and that my daughter could be talking to me doesn't mean that that's the best thing at this time. When the children are at school or the children are asleep, that your, your own time is your recharging time. And recharging might be with a call with mum. Right. Or it might not be. It might be with a call with one mum one day, but not a call with mum another day. So don't take offence. Allow her or him to do what they need to do to recharge for the next day. Keep telling your child that, they're doing a great job and you're, you're proud of what they're doing. And the other thing that I'm really hot about in these situations, when you've got limited brain space and limited hours to, to parent and, and to have relationships with your parents and your children and your spouse, is the huge benefit of the love languages. Right. And I know you talk about it in your book. If you have a child that you've figured out is words of affirmation. If all you do is sit down for five minutes one-on-one -on -one with that child during the day and have a conversation with yes. them, that's enough. Don't worry about everything else you could be doing, taking them to the park or buying them a gift at the shop or giving them 10 hugs yeah. every hour. They don't need that. They just need the five minutes. So when you've got limited energy, limited brain space, for heaven's sake, do yes. the most efficient thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like running yes. a boss, you know, but, but it is. And the same with your parents. If your mother's words of affirmation, just give her the assurance that she's got some one-on-one -on -one time with you every so right. often. And that'll right. be That's super useful advice. Um, yeah. So that was useful advice for the distance parent. And I think if this is something that this episode can be shared to to the grandparents to Absolutely. the to the distance parents and saying hey you know this this yes. is how you can help me and as we flip it on its head this is what an adult child who's solo parenting can think about how can my parents or parents-in-law support me and if that relationship mm -hmm. is in a place where they can do that then as solo parents we can say hey mom listen i just need to offload can i just just i don't want advice i don't want criticism 
this is my daughter. Just, just listen to me. I need to just vent or I need support. I need you to ask me how I'm doing on a regular basis. Well, parents will probably do that, but maybe specific questions or can you just, just, my partner is away. Can you notice how my communication is when he's away or when, or when she's away and when she's not, you know, I think we can rope our parents in, in a specific way. Mm. And so that they're part of the team that support us as solo parents. So we, we and I had the conversation about including the grandparents in our support team when we're so, when we're solo parenting and our partners away using the distance in a way to say, mm-hmm. how can this be beneficial for the grandparent, grandchildren relationship? You know, how, how can I support as the distance child? Because we're the gatekeepers, as you say, how can I support that relationship? But then how can mm-hmm. they support me when I'm solo parenting and maybe take some of that weight off by being the storytellers, by engaging my children in something uh, that then gives me a little bit of off time mm. to al- right. alleviate a little bit of the, the role overwhelm that happens when the partners are away. Mm. So what would you advise the, the distance child or daughter to, a son or daughter, to communicate to their parents or in-laws? In-laws. Well, I think it's really important to realize that as a bunch, in-laws okay. are very cautious. Okay. They're very cautious. I mean, I have a friend who's um, got a few sons and they're married, and she, her line is, she tells for her friends who are going to be mothers of the groom, wear yeah, beige yeah. <laughs> and say nothing. <laughs> All right. So, so what I'm saying is, if you're not super familiar with your in-laws, give them the benefit of the doubt and become, you know, warm to them because you're the key to the, talking with their grandchildren. Be very respectful, but you might be surprised what you can, you know, how they can support you. They might support you just as well as your own parents. So I was sort of saying, keep an open mind, treat them as your own parents and see how they can support you um, because, you know, you're their key. Yeah talking with their grandchildren and they want to have a warm relationship with you otherwise they might need to wait until their child is back in town so treat them as gold assume that they're going to be really fantastic but they do come in all flavors and and some in-laws are really tricky there's some really nasty mothers-in-law out there and I'm the first to admit it and I'm yeah. writing about them in the book so that it's true, it's everybody true. is there in writing. But um, I'd like to assume that, that they're good. So um, so you may have some that just want to help you and do everything they can. They so appreciate you in their life. And there'll be some who just yeah. expect you to yeah. suck it up. They're kind yeah. of suck it up kind of people and they don't have a lot of sympathy. They're, if it's their son who's going off traveling, they might be very proud of what they're doing and rightfully so. So they just expect you to suck it up. So they come in all different flavors, but let's just show that you can keep trying and, and ask them to get involved. But their, their default activity is normally not to poke their nose in, mm. so especially if the mother is closer, you know. So, um, but there are things they can do, you know, that if your children are doing a project at school and, and your father in law is an expert on it, yeah. well, connect them you know it would be wonderful if they could talk about that particular topic there there are absolutely ways as you just talked before about getting them connected and they can be providing you just as much support they they could even be better support than your own parents because they're more emotionally resilient or they come from a situation where they're used to traveling and they have a a greater appreciation of your situation so i 
thing. I just yeah. treat them the yeah. same. And, 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 and keep in the um, back of our yeah. minds that they might be, ca- yeah, that they're cautious and they might be hesitant and then maybe they may be waiting yes. for an okay from us uh, or like an, a door opening. Yes. And so that it's up to us to sort of maybe make the first step or as the in-law daughter or son to sort of include them in in and maybe explaining what what goes on when the when their son or daughter travels and when we're here or if they're you know willing to listen and and um that and also including them in in that grandparent and uh distance grandchildren relationship coming back to how distance grandparents can help with distance children because I think grandchildren because I think that's something that I really encourage is for the solo parent to build a team around them because when their partner's traveling you you can't Mm -hmm. expect that traveling partner to be your all and everything anyway even if you're under the same roof and even less when they're away so yes Mm -hmm. you know there are lots of creative ways Mm -hmm. to include them but I think we also need to build a whole team around us and having distance grandparents or having grandparents is a logical family relationship anyway and if it's possible then how can we as distance children encourage that relationship between grandparents and grandchildren and then have creative ways of of helping us as we solo parent with a load there are lots of things i think one of the most important things is how you as a couple talk of those elderly relatives older relatives within the family circle you need to always talk well of them you can't expect little johnny to want to talk to nana if nana's been rubbish at the dining room table so you know so we all you know which is just you know a a very just a, a natural way that one tries to conduct oneself do we do it perfectly all the time no of course not but you know you want to talk well and if you want to get on the facetime or the skype with with the grandparents it's it's come on guys you know we're going to do this and they're looking forward to it you know it's not do you want to talk with nana no that's a yes no answer you know come on this is what we're going to do is that easy when you've had all day with the kids and you you know you've cope with all the problems of the day all by yourself no not necessarily easy but you know there are some ways that the sort of language that will mean that it's easier but but I'd have to say also that if you have troublesome parents or in-laws then you know maybe it is time to restrict or just lessen the communication when you're by yourself you know it's it's a survival technique you know um you know, our our job as parents and grandparents, I tell them, right. the job is to accept that this is what's happened. We set up, tell our children, you can do anything, you know, you can take on the world. And that's exactly what they've done. So, you know, our job is to accept. So different parents and grandparents are better at that than others. There's a judgment decision that needed to be needs to be made, whether the parents and grandparents yeah. are yeah. a real plus. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in which case you can lessen the conversation, the communication yeah. when you're alone. If it's yeah. stressful, yeah, um, then you reduce reducing yeah. the stress. Don't yes, add a, don't yes. add another thing to your plate. And if they are a plus, we can see those communications when they're uh, distance communications as a way of investing in the relationship for when they do visit. Because then it becomes more seamless. There's 
things that we can carry over from the distance communication, say a game or a, a toy or a, some sort of a show and tell that we can then translate into when they are visiting mm. so that that relationship carries uh, on. So even if, you know, uh, it's been a hard day and we have to be present to help our child have that communication with the grandparent, then that's an investment into, oh. hey, you know, when the grandparent comes to visit, then that relationship will be there. You know? oh, oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story that happened to me sure. today, actually. Yeah. One of the things that I encourage grandparents and, and parents to do when they travel, you know, when they come and visit, is to prepare little photo albums afterwards, just picture books. You know, the how you can get them printed at those, you know, photo printing places. And yep. so you take photos when you're there of the children and us, and then you make a photo book. Well, today, my daughter sends me a text and she says that my now seven-year-old, who has not been here since he was about 20 months, has sent a message yep. to me. He said, please tell Nanma, that's me, please tell Nanma to make sure that we still have the red blocks, the red building blocks. I want to know that they're here when we come and visit. He hasn't been here, as I say, since he's under two, five years. And I'm going, how does he remember the red blocks? So I've just spent some time this morning going back, looking at old photos. And there is still in the play, in the play box, the toy box, a book of photos of when he came when he was only 15 months old playing with these red blocks. Wow. Wow. Well, he remembers them. He, he remembers, remembers them. Make sure you that you haven't given them away, Nanma. I want to play with the red blocks. Wow. wow. Both my daughter and I are blown away. Yeah. Yeah. So don't underestimate. Don't underestimate. Yeah. So if your parents mm. are good at that kind of stuff, doing books before they come about things mm -hmm. you're going to do, and books once they've come about things you did with you in the yeah. pictures. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I was blown. Yeah. yeah. It's just a little bit. There's so much they can do. Just give them the jobs that work for them. Don't ask them to do things that are just not their cup of tea. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point too. <laughs> That's a good point too. Uh, is there anything else that we can add? Everybody should own two copies of Rhoda's book. Thank you. In hard copy, all right. One that stays at home with the home parent and one that goes in the suitcase with the traveling parent. It's such a good Bible. It's so fantastic. And, you know, it should be covered in highlighters and little tabs and things. That is fantastic. Um, five Love Languages, fantastic. Yes. Um, I would like yes. to think my own book series would be ha handy if you want to try and encourage your each, everybody understand how it is for the other and I'm also recommending a book called It's About Relationships by Karen Rancourt. She is doing uh, the foreword for my son and daughter book. It is fantastic. It is just the simplest book about relationships. And it is particularly helpful if you have a difficult uh, in-law, as it tells you how to categorize that relationship put it in a box and don't feel bad about it. Okay. Okay. So it's a, that's useful. So it's about relationships in the families or just relationships in general. It's relationships all over the place, but it's about conversations. What it tries to do is helps you categorize the different relationships you have with people and the difficult ones, how to deal with them so that they still continue, yep. but your head is not 
circling around. So if it is important that you have a relationship with your difficult mother-in-law because your spouse wants you to yep. and would like you to. Yeah, you don't want to be in a... Of doing that. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't cause breaking up of families and things. You know, there is a way of dealing with it because you, you box that person in a protective box of how you're going to deal with them because it means a lot to your spouse. Yeah. And for that reason, you will do this. Yeah. You're not going to be bowsy, bowsy talking to them every day, but you're going to be civil. Yeah. You're going to be polite and you're going to turn up when needs to be turned up. Right. And that's it. Right. And I talk about, I, I feature this in the Sun Daughter book because I think it's so helpful for those distance relationships that are strained when you just, you don't want to have estrangements. You want to keep the doors open, even if they're just kind of half open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I love about this kind of resource is that you can apply it even if you're in a distance relationship. Ah, oh, it's so and good. And that's the beautiful, because when you're in a distance relationship, you've got the relationship, but you've got the distance on top. And anything that can help, even if it's at a distance, well, then that's that's super you know and that's what is helpful that's what i'm trying to do so thank you so much for recommending that fantastic thank you so much helen for being with us today and i'll put in the show notes how people can contact you can you maybe just give your uh, website uh distance with a ce distancefamilies.com there's lots of resources here loads of articles links to instagram and facebook and all these things so Lots of free stuff and information about the books. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Helen. Thank you.